You're listening to the Ann Life Podcast. In this episode, I'm interviewing Linda Live Doctor, the High Vibe Healer. Stay tuned. Hey, I'm Jennifer Blanchard, the Feel Good Life Coach, and the Ann Life is an unconventional guide to creating the feel good life of your dreams. Conventional advice says if you want something, you have to do more, sacrifice, and work harder. But that's a bunch of nonsense. In this podcast, I show you how to work from the inside out to have everything you want and more. Here, you'll find a bridge between the woo-woo and the practical, so you'll know exactly how to create the life and business of your dreams. Because it's not either or, it's and. Welcome to the And Life Podcast. I'm Jennifer Blanchard. I'm an author and manifestation coach who helps you get whatever you want without worrying about how you're going to do it. And I'm really excited for today's episode. I have an amazing guest on and I cannot wait to dive in and talk to her. Um, you know, we talk a lot on this show about feeling good, about how important it is to feel good, because that is not only the entire point of everything you want, but it's the path to receiving everything you want as well, because, you know, you got to match the vibration of the thing that you desire to have and the thing you desire to have feels good. So I thought, how much fun would it be to bring on a guest who knows so much about energy embodiment, about being able to um, just operate from a soul flow and being able to really raise our vibe and match the frequency of the things we desire. So I'm really, really excited for today's conversation. So my guest today is Linda Liv Doctor. She is a visionary messenger of truth and a change maker who helps women activate and embody divine feminine leadership to amplify their purpose, freedom, and impact. She is a voice of love, freedom, and choice, and is driven by a desire of helping more people step into a fully expressed life of freedom. Linda specializes in embodied leadership, self-expression, emotional alchemy, and expansion into the highest version of self. From a broke, lost, and depressed girl into an empowered, embodied, and vision-driven multi-entrepreneur, Linda is now on a mission to help more of humanity thrive. So welcome to the show, Linda. Thank you, Jennifer. I'm so excited to have this chat with you and, of course, with your listeners also. Yay. I was so excited when you said yes to this because I've been following your posts online and, um, and actually I've worked with uh, one of your best friends, Kat, for many years. And so I just sort of heard a lot about you, seen a lot of your stuff and just was blown away by um, just the things you talk about and how powerfully you, you stand for it. So I'm, I'm really excited to talk to you today. Yeah, beautiful. Um, okay, so the first thing I always do is have my guests just sort of give everybody a little bit more about themselves, a little bit about their journey so that they can kind of understand who they are and, and how they came to be doing the stuff that they do. Yeah, perfect. Absolutely. So I'll give you a short version into uh, a little bit of insight into the journey that I've been on and how I've evolved into the into the woman I am today, I guess. So um, if I backtrack a little bit, you know, I, I always start with... Um, with sharing the the darkness in my journey because I believe that this is such a vital part for everybody to understand because we can all relate to pain. Every, every single one of us, we move through pain at some point in time in our life. And that's what give us, gives us our um, deepest insight and our pivot points in our life into our awakening and, of course, evolving into, into the highest version of ourselves if, if we choose. Um, so, um, if I backtrack seven years ago, I was caught up in a very, very dark place. I went, I went down hard and fast and in, within the space of 12 months, I experienced, um, 
uh, domestic violence in a relationship and um, I had an eating disorder. I was severely depressed, suicidal, addicted to ice. Um, and when I thought things couldn't get any, any worse, I actually lost my father to cancer. So it was a very, very heavy time in my life. And that was my pivot point. Reaching that rock bottom was my pivot point into actually transforming my entire life. And the way, a lot of people actually ask me, how did you do that? What was the, what was the thing that, that shifted? And I call it the, the state of surrender when we just hand something over to something greater than ourselves. And that's exactly what I did. Um, I just, I, I let go of resistance and I basically... I, I, I handed it over and I said, either someone come and help me or come and clean me up because I can't do this on my own anymore. And that's basically that, that sense of just letting go of the resistance in the now and, and accepting where, where I was. And it's, it's the, the lesson of surrender, I feel, is something that each and every one of us move through at some point in time, probably multiple times, actually. And that's... Yeah. that's um, it's a very powerful energy when things start shifting at quantum speed. So from that moment on, things started shifting very rapidly and I felt like my entire mindset had changed and I was on a whole different path. And of course, then I started to immerse myself into the personal development world and um, started doing a lot of courses and programs and self-development and really understanding myself on a deeper level. And, and I feel like that really is the pinnacle of everything first before we can create our wildest dreams to really heal the relationship with ourselves. So that then took me on a journey of self-love and self-discovery and inquiry. And um, there's so many things that I could cover along the way in my journey, but just to give you a couple of um, um, main points, I then um, of course got involved in, in the work that I do because I changed my entire life myself and created a freedom lifestyle. So I've just actually moved back to, back to Australia about five months ago before, before the world situation. And, um, and I was traveling freely for a couple of years, just, just living the life that I always wanted to create and serving, serving people and helping them become the, their grandest version of, of themselves. So that's a little, that's really the short version of my story. I could, I could really I make it. it very, I could make it into a book to be honest. Yeah. And you probably should too. <laughs> Totally. I That's, actually have that is quite a journey, that. though. That is quite a journey. Um, so the thing that I want to ask then from all of that was you, you talk about surrender, and that, that has actually been insanely powerful part of my life and my journey as well, and surrendering in a relationship that I just didn't know what to do anymore, and the universe literally giving me exactly what I asked for, which was just amazing. Um, so when you were in that moment where things were not how you wanted them to be and you were sort of in this like, you know, maybe like a rock bottom feeling kind of place, how did you, like, what is the surrender process like when you're in a situation like that where you just feel like this isn't the life that I want? How do you start to move in that direction? Yeah, really, really great question. So at, if I take myself back to that point, I actually didn't understand it at that time. And of course, now I teach a lot about surrender and, and I, it's a constant practice. It's never a thing that we master fully, um, but it is a deeper understanding of the energy and, and how that actually happens. So back then, I didn't actually understand uh, what happened until I reflected on it afterwards. And, um, and it really is how I explain it best and how I continue to speak to this is 
um, we let go of resistance of the now. So this is what most people are sitting in a space of, I don't like the now, I don't like my life, I don't like my relationship, don't like my finances. So it's kind of like trying to run away from the now, trying to run away from the present moment. And here's the trap. When we're resisting the present moment, we're recreating it. So the absolute key is to let go of the resistance of the now and, and, and step into full acceptance that this is the now. And by accepting the now, it doesn't mean that we continue to accept the struggle and the suffering. It's simply removing the resistance from the now. And that's something that has to shift in order for us to step into, into an abundant flow. And so that the universe can provide and can give you and can move you forward and show you the next path. So that's really how I kind of speak to it now and explain it now. Um, whereas if I now look back at that exact thing that I just expressed and shared, if I look back at it and, and apply it to what I did seven years ago, which I mean, there's been multiple times where, where the lesson of surrender has, has come in. But back then it really was, I let go of the deepest resistance and struggle in the now, in that moment. It was just in that moment. I was so tired of holding on and resisting and trying to fight the suffering and the reality that I had created and that I was living. And, and I just let go in that moment. And I didn't, I let go of the anxiety and worries of what if, what's going to happen. It, everything just, just melted away in that moment. And that's where things changed. Awesome. Okay. I love that. So I, and actually I wrote this down because I think this is a really powerful quote. When we're resisting the present moment, we recreate it or recreating it. That's amazing. Amazing. Yeah, that, that definitely is. Um, I mean, I've, we all learned so many things in our, in our human experience, but that's, that's definitely one of the, one of the biggest things that I constantly keep applying to my own life when I'm reminding myself that I might be caught up in attachment or, or slight resistance. And the moment that I let go, it, it, the, the speed of how quickly life can shift is just phenomenal. It really is. Yeah, that's, and I think that's a really good testament too for when, you know, you are in a place where you feel like you have no control or like you can't, there's nothing you can do. Because I think a lot of times people will argue with me and say, I have no choice, right? Like I'm in this situation, I have no choice. And I always say, no, you always have a choice. Even if you don't necessarily like all the choices, you still have a choice. So like the fact that you can choose to just kind of release that in the moment and, and just go, okay, yeah, I'm going to decide that this is no longer who I'm going to be. And I'm going to just sort of surrender it and then just go from there. So when, when you do that now you're surrendered, what do you do after that? Is there sort of like an action or did you just sort of wait for like soul guidance to kind of be like, this is the action to take, or this is the next thing to do here? Yeah, great question. So this is this, I believe, is the second part to it, and and learning to really know and understand self on a deeper level, learning to align to our own soul truth and our own soul frequency, and of course, this is a journey as well. We get better and better, and we learn more and more about ourselves, what's in our highest truth, and what our path is. So um, after surrender, it really is that deep element of trust. I'm just going to trust in. 
not knowing. I'm going to be okay with not knowing in this moment because most people are so caught up in trying to figure out all the details of how life is going to unfold and how the next level is going to unfold. And that once again is a perfect example of being in resistance and being in attachment. So those two things have to go. If we're working with, um, with flow and I'm, I'm very big on flow, I'm very big on just living life and receiving from flow. And there's a couple of things that have to happen in order for us to actually step into that space. So, um, one is of course, aligning to ourselves and trusting our soul. This has been another huge thing and a shifting point when I learned to fully trust myself, trust um, the messages and the intuition and the inner nudges that I was having, even when logic says, the mind says, oh, I want, I should, I should be walking right. Whereas the intuition and inner nudges are saying walk left. And in that place, it's it kind of, it can be like this inner ping pong show where it's like a inner conflict. But the key here is, can we just learn to trust when the soul and the inner nudges are guiding us in a certain direction? Can we learn to trust that even when it doesn't make any logical sense? And this is um, this relates to, of course, when we surrender, we, we hand it over, we're going to get inner nudges. And do we have the courage to just trust the inner nudges? Because our soul and the universe is constantly guiding us. And we get so caught up in the different parts of ourselves and our ego and thinking that it should look a certain way or it should be a certain way. So really just handing it over and trusting and just being okay, coming back to that place of I'm okay with not knowing right now. And sometimes the messages and, and the path will unfold very, very quickly. Other times you might be sitting in a space of, of um, I call it the void, you might be sitting in a space of uncertainty and not knowing, but can you stop resisting not knowing and having to know? Can you hand that over as well and just let the next level unfold? And it's a constant dance between life. It really is. Yeah. Yeah, I agree with that. Um, so when, when you're in that place, you're sort of in that void or in that spot of like, I don't know, how can you move from worry and like fear to wonder and like excitement like ooh anticipation like ooh what could happen there's so many possibilities because I think a lot of people kind of get stuck in that like fear doubt kind of place and then they don't realize that like oh actually when there's uncertainty that means anything is possible everything is possible all things yeah totally so um my my advice here would be Moving from the head to the heart and the, there's a saying that goes that the longest journey that we'll ever take is the one we take from our head to the heart. Because if we think about our feelings, we actually create life with our feelings. And when we're in a space of resistance, anxiety, fear, we feel that in our body. And that's the place that this is where energy frequency and vibration comes in. So we actually create life based on what we're feeling and what our energetic state is. We're not going to just create life on based on what we're thinking. Our thoughts don't become things in that sense. There's a process that, that happens through that. So um, um, the feeling connecting to how can I, how can I help myself feel good in this moment? How can I connect to that next level version of myself? If I was to already be who I wanted to be and do the things that I, that I want to do in life, how would that make me feel? 
because there is a slight energetic disconnect if we are living in a space of fear, anxiety, and, and worry, and we actually want a different reality that is filled with joy, filled with love, filled with, with abundance, there's an energetic disconnect. And so that's why we're coming right back to the now. And the now has to shift. We're creating our future. We're creating the next moment in the now. Hence why we bring, we think about connecting. Well, how can I get that feeling into my body? How can I get out of my mind? Because the worry and the stress happens in the mind first. And of course, our body feels and hears everything that we think. Hence why we then, we then attach a feeling or an emotion in our body that becomes a very real experience. So it really is about how can I connect to the joy? How can I connect to the beautiful, abundant feeling of love and trust and surrender and whatever it is that, that you actually want to feel? A lot of people attach themselves to, to details of their vision. And, and I always remind everyone to bring yourself back to, well, how, how would that, if you were already living that life that you want to live, how would, how would you be feeling? Really focus on the feeling because Energy frequency and vibration is everything, including our emotions, our energetic state comes down to that. So bringing the feeling into the now and how then, how can we start, if we're in a caught up in a, in a, in a place of fear and anxiety, the question is always, well, how can I get myself into this better state in the now? Um, and this can be really simple of what, what can you do right now to make yourself feel good? Is it going to be exercise to lift your vibration? Is it going to be putting on a happy song? Is it going to be having a great conversation with a friend? So it doesn't actually have to be um, exactly certain things that you do to create that vision. It's about how can I shift my vibrational state in the now? Yes. I'm, I'm literally over here nodding like yes over and over <laughs> again because this, this is exactly what I always say to everybody is about feeling good being like that's the thing to focus on always. Like, what can I do to feel good? So to hear you say that, it was just, yeah, total confirmation. Mm. So, okay, vibration, energy, all that stuff, frequency raising, it obviously requires us to feel good. Now, some people argue with me all the time that it's hard to feel good because they either aren't used to that or it feels like, well, there's so many things going on around me that are not great or that don't feel good. So how can I feel good in that place? Mm, this is a really juicy question. And, and I can totally, totally resonate with the, with the argument point of that as well. Um, because I was once in that place too, where everything basically felt like it was falling apart in my life. And, um, and I knew that I wanted to live a different reality and, and I, I, I was in that space of, of disconnect. Well, how can I feel good when everything's basically shit in the moment? And it's very real, you know. The biggest thing is to, once again, let go of resistance and stop judging the current reality because most of us are judging the, the challenging moments and challenging experiences that we are living. And the more that we judge them, we're going to be in resistance of that. And when we're in resistance and judgment, we're not going to feel good. So the fastest way to shift that is to let go of the resistance, be okay with the challenges that the universe has presented you with. There is always so much wisdom, so much learning, but most people 
um, only want to take responsibility for the beautiful things that we create in life, not the things that, you know, might show up and shake us a little bit or a lot. (laughs) So um, it really is key to be okay with all aspects of life. You know, we're going to move through, this is part of human experience and it's so vital to understand that it's a multidimensional experience and it's, you know, a human experience is, it's 50 shades of gray and 50 shades of the rainbow. We really are going to move through pain and, um, and joy and happiness. So it's all part of life, the different emotions. We're not just going to feel good. And this is another illusion. We think that when we embark on this journey of, of growth, we think that I'm going to do so much work on myself so that one day I'm not going to feel pain, not going to feel fear, not going to feel stress. (laughs) And that's an illusion because we're still going to be in the experience, right? Right. the key is to understand that it's part of life. We are going to move through challenges. And if you are a person who's currently in a challenging reality, the fastest way to shift that is acceptance. Accept that this is happening in the now. Once again, coming back into the now. And once you accept that, can you look at that? What is it trying to teach you? Before we can just bridge the gap, okay, I want to feel good in the now. Yes, you can put on a great song or whatever. But, but to actually start shifting this reality into a lighter reality and into a reality, into a path that is aligning you to the reality that you want to have is to, to shift it in the moment and acceptance and surrender is a vital part of that. And also ask, what is this trying to teach me? What is, what, what is it? If I'm still having this reality, what haven't I noticed about myself or my life that is required for me to to learn and integrate and embody in order to step forward in in the direction of creating my dream life yeah i I think yeah it, it totally does so when you you talk about energetic embodiment like is that basically the decision to now like take action as if you are already living that dream life, living that version of yourself that, that you see. Totally. And this is such a huge um, part of the manifestation process and any, any element of life creation, because um, I'll give an example. So um, I was also, when I learned about, started to delve into manifestation, didn't understand it fully, thought I did. Um, And I got told um, through the personal development world, just write it down, do journaling, just write it down and, you know, change your beliefs that way. And Here's the thing though, if we're not feeling what we want to create, we're not in energetic alignment and embodiment of what we actually want to create. So once again, it comes down to feeling it in the now. If you're not feeling the joy and and the beautiful um, experience of your creations in the now, then there's going to be an energetic disconnect. So first step would be, okay, well, what do I, if there's a let's backtrack even more. Let's look at the current reality. If there's a challenge in the current reality, that's not enjoyable. Okay. Accept that in the now, but let's move you. Where is it that you actually want to go? What is it that you want to create? If we don't have an actual uh, vision of, of the reality that we do want to live, then we're just going to be running around like headless chickens and not going anywhere or, or a dog chasing their tail. So vital is to know exactly where you're going so that we can bridge that gap. 
And it's not just about hoping that things were different. It's like the universe is constantly listening. And, and the clearer that we can be, um, the more the universe is going to be able to provide for you and guide you into the next, um, next step and next direction. So once you then have clarity of the vision and the reality that you want to live, great, surrender. You don't have to know the details and how, exactly how that's going to unfold. But be crystal clear on what it is that you want to create. And the second thing is, well, how would that feel? If I have all of that, how do I feel in that moment? Am I excited? Am I grateful? Am I appreciative? Am I happy? Am I fulfilled? And then those are the things, those are the feelings and emotions, um, aka energy, that we bring into the now. And as you then writing down your vision and connecting to your vision every day, it's important that we actually feel that in the now. And I'm, I, I really love that. And I'm glad you brought the, the journaling thing up because I think, especially in personal development and coaching, that's like one of the number one things people say is like, you should be journaling, you should be writing stuff down. And I'm completely in agreement with that. Like I've journaled my entire life in different ways and like, I absolutely love it. But I definitely have had moments where it's like, sometimes you just feel like you're writing stuff down and it doesn't actually have that like emotional charge to it. So if someone has tried journaling before and they're like, oh no, this just doesn't work. Like, is there a way to bring more emotion to what you're writing? Or like, is there just like a way to word it? Or is there something like you visualize as you're writing it? Like, how do you kind of bring that emotion to the actual writing? Yeah, this is a really interesting concept, actually. And I'm, I'm glad we're speaking to this right now, because a lot of people do feel very disconnected um, with what they're writing. And I certainly went through that element as well. And I, I, I journaled a lot. In, in, through the years and I don't I don't journal every day anymore um, because who I was back then and who I felt that I felt the need to journal every day but now because I master an element of energetic embodiment and really it kind of I've done this so many times that when once you're embodied in a in a certain area then it's like it just is there's nothing to do it's just a beingness so um, when I was in that space of journaling and not feeling connected to it and now understanding what I understand now. Um, and of course, working with clients uh, in the same space. Um, think about how do you, if we, if we talk about visualization and we talk about connecting to a vision, some people are auditory kinesthetic and visual learners. So if you are, for example, a kinesthetic learner and you're just trying to write something down, there might be a disconnect. And I would even just ditch the journaling concept in the moment. How would you as a person, and I'm speaking to everyone, the collective, obviously, how would you as a person um, connect to your vision? Is it that you're moving your body and you're closing your eyes and you're able to feel it? Or is it that you're just, um, you, you're drawing pictures on a piece of paper and you can visualize even by writing down words, you can visualize what it's like or is it the fact that you need to hear something you're listening to a song you're listening to the words and that puts you in that in that space of feeling your vision and it's important to understand how we connect you know learning once again more about ourselves how we connect um, to our vision so for some people you know journaling might not be the right thing yes of course writing down your so that you you crystal clear on what it is but journaling that into reality may not be the one thing and it's certainly not the one only right way to manifest <laughs> right um, exactly 
Yeah, and we can create a lot of limiting beliefs along the way of manifestation as well. And I, I actually used to have that. If I don't journal every morning, I'm not going to create the reality that I want. I'm like, well, where yeah. did that belief come from? We just come up with crazy stuff. We even limit ourselves in the quantum things we're trying to do. <laughs> oh, it's so funny. It's so funny, the stories we create. Yeah, yeah absolutely. Um, okay, so let's say somebody has a quote-unquote crazy vision right so it's something really big it's something they've never seen anybody do before or they don't know anyone who's done it or it's sort of just something that it just seems like very crazy and most people would be like that's crazy that's insane like how do you bring something like that to life when obviously it's going to require a much higher level of energy embodiment and belief and faith and all that stuff Mm, yes. Beautiful, beautiful question. Because I do understand a lot of people feel very disconnected from, from their visions of, you know, it seems overwhelming. It, it seems so big that it's like, well, that's just unbelievable and it's not going to happen, even though the vision is there and that it's there for a reason. And, and we get to have everything that we desire. We really do. We live in infinite potential, infinite possibility. And when there is a vision of, let's say, um, this actually comes up a lot in the coaching space, coaching world, person development world, when we're stepping into being light workers and sharing our, sharing our love of helping other people. Um, quite often we can go into this space of, I want to impact millions of people, make millions of dollars and just, just have this grand global vision. And, then there's this one part, this has obviously been birthed through one part of self, one aspect of self. And then there is this other conflicting part, which is like, that's just so big. That's just so enormous. And who am I to bring that to life? Who am I to be that person? So once again, it can become this um, internal ping pong show of um, two conflicting parts arguing because there will, of course, be work to be done in order to bring that vision closer. And if we really just start with the basic things is, are you actually, have you decided that that's, that vision is going to be yours? Have you decided that you're going to be living that vision? Because quite often we just don't decide, we don't choose. And it's, it's vital to choose that this is a non-negotiable. I've already chosen that. And of course, even though we choose, there might be other things along the way, such as who am I, self-worth, I'm not enough. I should be someone else to create that. And we just, we, we have other things that we need to let go of along the way in our journey in order to actually live that vision. So that will unfold. Those are the details along the way that will unfold. And once again, you know, chunking that down, reverse engineering your vision so that it's not that big overwhelming piece. And, um, Quite often, there's actually another, I feel that there is a bit of a shadow part to this also, which I want to speak to very quickly. Um, and I actually once used to have this grand vision of impacting millions and millions and millions of people and, you know, living this grand life of being famous and being a celebrity and all the rest of it. And then in my journey, I learned what place was that coming from? And I asked myself, why do I actually want this? And the, the deeper I was digging, I found that a lot of that was coming from a place of, well, then I'm going to be good enough. 
then I'm going to be living my purpose. Then I'm going to be grand enough, great enough, worthy enough. And it was kind of coming from a place of seeking significance. And this is a huge, huge part that I see in the personal development world and in, in the coaching space or in the lightworker space where we actually are, there's a shadow element to our big and grand visions. And, um, and it's important to, to know and understand, well, why do I want that? Is it coming from an underlying space of seeking for more self-worth, more significance, more worth, or is it actually a fully, fully, fully aligned vision of, of bringing something to fruition? Because I'll move it back to the example of, of what I realized about myself. Um, after I realized that that was actually coming from from, a, from the wrong place. Uh, it wasn't coming from, from an abundant and fulfilled place and a truthful place. Um, I let go of that. And, and, I, and I asked myself, what's actually important to me? And would I be any less worthy if I was just impacting a couple of thousand or, or tens of thousands instead of millions? Would, would I be any less worthy doing that work now um, to what I would be impacting millions and millions and millions of people? And the answer is like, I would still be the same person. I'm still worthy. And this is the deep work, right? The deep, deep work to, to decide that we're worthy no matter what. We're worthy right now, impacting the people that we are now. And we're not going to change. If we step now step into the next level of, of impacting millions, we're not going to change. We're still going to be the same soul. We're still going to be worthy. We're still going to be who we are. Of course, there's different beliefs to embody along the way, but the, the actual self, the highest self will still be the same. So once I then shifted all of that within myself, I, I returned to a fully um, aligned space within myself and just serving, serving from abundance, serving from love, not serving from a place of seeking significance, not serving because it was about me and me getting my, my needs met and validated. And that's, that's huge. And, and I quite often see this with entrepreneurs when we actually bring it back to ourselves, bring it back to fully abundant truth and align with our higher self frequency. That's when things can start unfolding with so much ease and flow. And you still get to have the vision of, of impacting millions. You still get to do that. It's just a question of what, what space is our vision coming from? Yeah. And I really, that's a good, really good point. Cause I think sometimes we can get really caught up in like thinking that we have to have certain things that maybe we don't even really want, but we just sort of have it as part of our vision. Cause we think we should, or like other people have that. So like we should have that too. So how does someone know the difference between something that they actually truly want? That's truly part of their vision versus something that they think they should want or like that they see other people wanting or that, you know, they're going for. Yeah. Yeah. So a lot of this is obviously coming from underlying comparison. And then when we're stepping into this space, we think we should, we should do better with, we should play a bigger game. We should do this and we should do that. And it's kind of, it's kind of the, the inner truth has become a little bit murky in the process so a really simple way to recognize that is, um, and this could be a journaling practice, of course. Although there's so many different ways to journal, not just writing our manifestations into reality on a, on a, in our journal. But there's so many powerful, powerful, insightful questions that we can ask ourselves. And one being, um, you know, recognizing what is it that I want 
and, and asking, is this a true aligned goal for me? Or is this a fantasy goal of something that I should, uh, that I think I should be doing? And if we are looking at the vision, just leaning into that more and, and asking, okay, well, what would I feel if I had that vision now? Um, the big vision that I don't have right now, if I was living that now, what would it give me that I don't already have now? And that's a really, really powerful question. What would it give me? What would it, what would I be feeling that I don't feel in my life right now? And quite often the answers that you get will give you insight into, ah, that's coming from a place of I'm looking for more significance. Then I would be worthy. And then I would be living my purpose. So oh, really, I like that. Mm, kind of like a sneaky mm, little mind trick. <laughs> totally. <laughs> because once again, coming back to the now, if we're, if we're trying to run away from the now and our big vision is going to give us something that we're not feeling in the now, there's an energetic disconnect. Right. And so that's like the way to close the gap then and kind of to bridge that. Yeah. Yeah. Definitely. I love it. All right. So I wanted to ask you about identity because I think this is something recently that you've been talking more about is killing identities and, and basically having identified yourself as something for a long time and then deciding that's not who I'm going to be anymore and changing that. I think a lot of people get very worried about doing things like that because they think, well, if I let go of who I've always been, then what? You know, like, how can I step into this other thing? Or they get so attached to the identity that they have a hard time seeing it as that and not realizing that's not really who you are. It's just who you've decided to be for that period of time. So I would love to hear you kind of um, talk about that. Yeah, I love speaking to this. This is such a juicy part of life. <laughs> and, um, and I like to approach it from a light, very lighthearted place because it can, life can get, can get serious and we can get so serious and caught up in, in who we are. Um, and for me, it has now become a dance and I'm playing a game with myself in a lighthearted way, not actually like playing games, but recognizing the dance. I'm like, Oh, that's interesting. And just approaching everything from a space of curiosity. But here's the real thing. Identity is, um, when we have chosen something over and over again, we've started to believe certain things about ourselves. And of course that then becomes an identity. Identity is an embodied state of of beliefs in a certain way of, of who we are. And in order for us to then shift to, uh, to something else. So this is actually uh, what we were talking about before the vision. If we are having a certain identity and we want to create another vision, there's, there's several identity shifts that have to happen. And this doesn't mean that you change in terms of the soul that you are, the person that you are, the human that you are. It just means that we're going to let go of things that don't serve us that are not in alignment with where we want to go and the reality we want to live. So this is um, this is huge, the identity piece, because it's actually one of the biggest things that hold people back. And we get so attached to a certain way of being. And, and it's almost like, well, who would I be if I'm not this? Then who would I be? Um, because we just don't recognize that. And that's a place of um, cognitive dissonance. And I'll give you an example. Um, I know you've read some of my, my sharings on, online. Yeah. 
this this happens with so many things and it can happen with the smallest things like the the most recent one that i shared was um i was a vegetarian for seven years and all of a sudden my i felt my body i'm very tuned with my body and i was in the supermarket i was walking past a tins of tuna and my body was like, I want that. And then my mind came in, but no, you can't have that. You're a vegetarian. You just, you just don't eat meat or fish. And I started to question that for a couple of months. I'm like, why am I holding on to an identity? Is this really fully aligned with who I want to be and how I want to live my life? When freedom is a really high value of mine, am I fully embodying freedom? If I'm having these rules and living by a certain old identity that I created seven years ago, Am I fully living um, freedom of choice, which is, which, is, which is a huge thing that I live by? And, um, and then I realized, I went through the process once again, you know, asking the questions, who would I be um, if I didn't have this identity anymore? And it, it's that place of cognitive dissonance when your brain just doesn't comprehend what's happening. You've taken a different action. And I sat there, actually, <laughs> eventually I had fish and a piece of steak this week as well, which is really exciting. Oh, wow. <laughs> I was in a place of cognitive dissonance, just, just trying to comprehend what's happening. So that once again, the place of the void, just, just going, I have no idea what's happening in this moment. It's, it's kind of surreal. And, um, and this is a very simple um simple thing that I just expressed this this can happen in this is part of so many aspects of life and self and our journey when it comes to how we're serving people um, what kind of level we're playing at the money that we're making um, the relationships that we're calling into our life so this this really applies into so many so many different aspects and elements of life because with identity, there's certain roles that we play also. And um, we as human beings, we have, we have certain needs as a human being that we need met. And quite often, a lot of these um, roles, they come from our childhood. So we pick up childhood roles, like, for example, the people pleaser or the martyr or the rescuer or whatever it might be. And then we take this, this role on from our childhood because that um, in our childhood, we 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 did certain things to gain um attention and love and validation from our parents and whatever way that we receive that then that quite often if we don't do the work that quite often becomes who we are come, becomes part of our identity so this goes deep into relationships how we um for example the people pleaser is is a really common role and a, a lot of people can relate to this so we we put everybody else first and we put ourselves last and then this can then become such a huge part of our identity and then asking well does the people pleaser really serve you in in any way and most people say no there's there's nothing that the people pleaser is giving me or is really not serving me but here's the flip side if the people pleaser role wouldn't be serving you. You wouldn't be there. You wouldn't be, you wouldn't have that reality. So there's always a benefit to everything that we do, even though we, we're doing destructive things or, you know, we're doing behaviors that not are fully in alignment with where we actually want to go, whatever it is. Um, there's always a benefit to self-sabotage. There's always, always a benefit to that. So asking, well, what is it that I'm gaining right now through this identity, through this role, through this behavior, through this um, habit, there's always a benefit to that. And once you can recognize the benefit, and quite often it's something that you never, ever, ever even would have consciously been able to understand. 
And it comes down to things like um, seeking validation, seeking significance, seeking more love and approval and acceptance. And once you can start to then recognize these pieces, well, how else could you start getting um, these needs met? So there's so many pieces and so many bits and pieces to being human that we, you know, we don't understand. And a lot goes into, you know, psychology and, and emotional alchemy, but for resigning from these identities, it's once again, who do you want to be and looking at who do, who, who do I need to become in order to have that vision? And is my current reality, my current identity in alignment with who I want to be and where I want to go and the reality I want to live? Yeah, love it. Uh, okay, so the final thing I wanted to ask you then was when you decide to do this, right, when you decide to kill an identity, and I completely resonate with that because I grew up being Catholic, I was raised Catholic, and that was an identity I killed several years ago, and I still have people in my life who are upset about that. So how do you deal with sort of dealing with the people in your life who are used to a certain identity from you and now suddenly are like, oh, hey, by the way, I'm not a, I'm not a vegetarian anymore. Oh, I, I'm not a Catholic anymore. I'm not whatever anymore. How do you kind of deal with that? Oh yeah, this is, um, I've experienced a lot of this and I think this is something a lot of people can resonate with, um, the judgment from others and people not understanding you because he's an important piece to remember that each and every one of us, we're seeing the world through a different lens based on our own experiences, based on our own belief systems. And it's something that we easily take on. We, you know, we experience hatred, we experience judgment and um, projection from others. And that's really what it is. <laughs> the world really is filled with, it's a quantum suit filled with projection. Yeah. <laughs> it's because, a bunch of me. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. And it's actually, I just love bringing lightheartedness up. I bring a lot of play and fun into everything that I do um, because it gets to be fun. Even working through, you know, shifting through identities, shifting through blocks and creating the life that we want, it gets to be fun. And um, so the important thing to, to realize and to remember, we know this, it's just remembering and integrating this to a whole new level and, and to know and understand that People are seeing everything from their own lens. People are living their own reality. And our only job is to stay true to ourselves. Always, first and foremost, staying true to ourselves because if we're not and we're trying to stay in a different identity just to please others, just to, just to make sure that no one gets upset, we're not living our most authentic life. And in life, when we're making choices and even building our dream life and creating these grand visions, there are people that are going to get upset. And this is not about upsetting people on purpose. This is not about causing harm. This is completely the, the opposite. We are staying true to our soul and we're moving forward in that direction and staying in alignment with that. And however people are going to react and respond along the way, that doesn't actually have anything to do with us. And people are having an inner experience and therefore we can't take responsibility for how, what people feel, how they react and how they respond. We can only take responsibility for our own self, how we choose to react or respond, what we choose to feel. And um, that's why it's, it's, it's kind of almost impossible to try and please every single person in your life. It doesn't even make any sense because think about this, this situation. If, if I now put 10 people in front of me or even whoever's listening to this podcast right now 
each and every one of you listeners will have a different perception and an idea of me. And if I asked, um, you know, everyone to write down three words to describe me or even one word or a sentence to describe me, each person would give a completely different answer. And this is important to remember in the journey of life that our most important thing is to stay true to ourselves because every single person around you is going to be living their own different reality through their own lens. Therefore, it, it's, it's actually almost outrageously ridiculous to try and please everyone and try and worry about what other people think because we can't. Even if we put on a people-pleasing mask, we still can't make everyone happy. Yeah, so true. That is so true. Mm. I actually, funnily on Facebook one day, I saw something that said, you can't please everyone. You're not an avocado. And even an avocado doesn't make everybody happy. And it's like, because <laughs> I just thought it was hilarious because I'm like, I absolutely love avocados. But I get that because there are people who are like, avocados are disgusting. <laughs> so Yes, totally. It's, it's actually, it's ludicrous. It really is. <gasps> yeah. Well, this has been absolutely amazing. And I would just love for you to tell everybody more about where they can find you online and get more connected with you. Yeah, sure. So my best, um, best way to find me online is just on Facebook or Instagram under Linda Lib Doctor. So it's the same name on Instagram as well. And, um, and of course I have, um, I have my website too, but I really, really, I, I'm a connection person and I love really, um, showing up on a daily basis, of course, on social media and I'm, you know, connecting with people that way. So I feel like sometimes website is just a place to land, <laughs> no personal interaction. So yeah, Facebook and Instagram is, is absolutely the best, best place. All right. Well, you guys go connect with her online because she is amazing. Thank you so much for doing this um, episode with us, Linda. I'm so just, this has been amazing. And I've literally written down so many notes from everything that you've said here. <laughs> yeah it's been a pleasure thank you so much for having me online and thank you to all the listeners as well and don't forget go and create your dream life you can have everything that you want <laughs> thanks for listening to the and life podcast my mission is to raise the vibe of the planet and make it normal for people to have it all and feel good in the process if you enjoyed this episode, I would love for you to leave a positive review and share the link with your friends so they can listen too. For more from me, be sure to visit my website, jenniferblanchard.net, and join my free Facebook group, The Feel Good Life Club.